Hello, this is Charles Musgrove with the Bean Team, and welcome back for another exciting episode of Business Matters. You are listening and watching to the pre-roll. This is the show before the show. And ladies and gentlemen, today this is going to be an exciting show. We have Taylor Hodges in the house. Taylor, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Happy to be here, Charles. Thank you very much for the the opportunity, man. All right, so today is uh, Taylor Hodges. He's bringing knowledge and information about things that we like we like money money buys us a lot of things so we want to maximize that we want to we want to make sure that we have a retirement plan set up correctly we want to make sure that if we need life insurance we have the right plan we understand what it's for so today we're talking about those type of items we're talking about what's the best retirement plan for you for your business how to get money out when you when you have to start getting money out and Believe it or not, we've got some new tax legislation that affects those as well. So we're going to bring that into the discussion. And Taylor, what else are we going to talk about today? Bottom line, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to talk about how to disinherit Uncle Sam, how to not pay so much in taxes and what the long-term consequences of our decisions today are. Awesome. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. So nobody likes to pay more taxes (laughs) than they have to, but the constant of life is constant in life is taxes and death so we're not going to talk about death today but it may come into the discussion because that may affect our retirement planning as well we need to get this uh definitely distributed to the masses because we just had mr bean team himself say that we don't want to pay more in taxes than we really should have to my man never want to pay more taxes (laughs) so uh, all right so we have retirement plans we're going to talk about we're going to talk about some new tax legislation and we may get into money investing. That may be on a different show. So right now, I think we have the show teed up. Uh, Taylor, just uh, for those out there, before we'll, we'll restate this in the recording for the regular show, but Taylor is, he is the founding member, the founder of Southern Capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, Southern Capital is, a, uh, is an investment advisor firm Mm -hmm. so describe your firm and what services you offer to your clients yeah absolutely so southern capital is my financial planning firm so we take a much more macro holistic approach to financial planning rather than you know focusing on one particular account stocks versus bonds allocations we go much deeper into the transition planning for business owners tax planning for business owners compensation structures, executive deals between business owners and you know key executives of that business, and really helping clients quarterback and coordinate their entire financial lives. So, you know, it's not a fit for everybody. We do a lot more white glove service for our clients. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it as we go. Sounds good. So with that being said, John, producer in the studio, play us some music and get us set up for the recording of the show that is on Real Talk 93.3 out of Tallahassee, Florida. So, John, my man, get us going with some great music. Welcome to the Business Matters Talk Show with Charles Musgrove. On Business Matters, we discuss the issues that matter to your business. Find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and BeanTeam.com. And now here's your host, Charles Musgrove. Welcome back. We have another great show in store for you today. Thank you for tuning in. I am Charles Musgrove with the Bean Team and your host of Business Matters. 
you know, like all the other shows, we bring a lot of knowledge. I call them the nuggets of knowledge, and we've got we've got more in store for you today. Today we have Taylor Hodges in the house. Taylor, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Very excited to be here. All right. So Taylor is with Southern Capital Financial Management Firm right out of Tallahassee, Florida. And today we're not going to talk about death, but we're going to talk about how to avoid as many taxes as possible. We're going to talk about some investment vehicles, some retirement vehicles. And I'm not talking about cars that you drive in. I'm talking about (laughs) things called SEPs, 401ks, Roth IRAs. Taylor, we're going to look to you to bring us some information that we can live with that will enhance our investment planning and invest and and enhance how we leave the money to our heirs and descendants man what an introduction that's what i'm talking about can we do that we can do that brother all right so so, go ahead taylor well i mean to start out any conversation we talk about you know investment planning or especially retirement plans for business owners Probably the number one common question we get, and I'm sure you get the same thing. Actually, I know you get the same thing, is we get a business owner coming in, and they say, guys, I'm paying too much in taxes. They, they see what they have to pay to Uncle Sam. It, it, it hurts their heart. You know, It gives them heartburn, and they want to find out how to lower that number. And that, that's fantastic. You know, we, we definitely want to pay less in taxes if it makes sense to do in that year. And the ability to defer taxes, especially as a business owner, is, is a wonderful and very, very powerful tool. But we have to understand the vehicles that we choose to defer those taxes in and the long-term effects of those decisions today. Because it's not as simple as, I'm not paying my taxes. The, you know, it's deferring taxes, not getting out of taxes. That's right. So even though we're not paying them today, so when we put money into a 401k or an IRA, we get a tax deduction for that. So we're not paying those taxes, those income taxes today. But when we pull that money out, when we take those distributions out of those accounts, when we're in retirement, we're going to have to pay full income tax at that time. And so a lot of times what we try to help clients understand is we know our taxes today we don't know what our tax is going to be in the future because there's really only two things that causes our income tax levels to change. That's either we make more or less money or the government does it for us. Right. One of those we can control more than the other. But if you look at a historical chart right now, we are still in lower tax rates from a historical standard. So when I believe it was the Reagan administration reduced the taxes back in seventies and eighties, I mean, we haven't come back to those levels yet. And if you look at, I'm not going to get into politics or anything, but if you look at some of the proposals and when we do have an administration change, chances are we are going to see an increase in income taxes. So when I'm working with a younger client, if they're a business owner or a non-business owner, and they want to try to defer taxes into an IRA or a 401k, and they want to max that thing out and save as much money in taxes today as they can, we have to have the conversation about, is that potentially doing reverse tax planning? Because if we think our income may go up between now and retirement, or we think there's a chance that the government could increase tax rates, then there's a very real possibility that we could be deferring at lower rates today and taking those distributions out of our accounts at higher tax rates in the future. Again, whether that's the government increasing them for us or because we're making more money as we get older. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That makes sense. So uh, when we do our retirement planning today, or when we do any type of uh, tax deferral planning, we have to uh, do a little crystal balling. So we that, know, that's we, right. We do know today what the rates are today. So we know what our tax rates are today, and we can compare that to a historical uh, low or high. So, like you're saying, Taylor, the the tax rates that we have today are low. Mm-hmm. So 
it's not bad to pay taxes. I know that that is uh, that sounds that sounds almost un-American, but uh, to pay to pay taxes means you've earned money. That's right, and and it and I completely agree with you. It's not bad to pay taxes. Yes, we want to try to defer and avoid taxes if it makes sense. But one thing that we really try to help clients do, you know, business owners and again non-business owners, is to take a step back and look at their plan from a big picture view. Because there's really only three ways we can save money from a tax standpoint. It's either going to be tax deferred, so these IRAs, 401ks. It can be after tax or taxable, so accounts that we pay capital gains on. So money market accounts, CDs, any type of brokerage account. And then the the final way would be tax-free. And, you know, tax-free, there's really only a few accounts that are truly tax-free, like a, like a health savings account. A lot of times what people mean when they, they say tax-free is we're paying we're not paying taxes on any of the gain in the account. Right. So like a Roth IRA, um, we pay taxes when it goes in, but we don't pay taxes on any of the gain when it comes out if we meet, insert, if we meet certain uh, characteristics of the account. Or cash value of life insurance. You know, if we have a whole life or some type of permanent life insurance policy, that has a cash value aspect to it, then we can get to that cash value without paying taxes on that either. Uh, not no capital gains or anything there. So those are really the three ways that we can possibly save money. And and again, taking a step back and looking at it from a bigger picture view, and how all these three different tax domains or these boxes in our financial lives fit together. And the goal would be that when we do get to retirement, when we start living off the assets that we've worked our lives to build at whatever age that is, we want to be balanced across the board. We don't want to be overweighted in the tax-deferred bucket because, you know, if we've got all of our savings in a 401k when we retire, then do we really ever retire is the question I ask. And, I mean, if you really break it down and you boil it down, the answer is no, because every dollar that we have to live off of that we're funding our lifestyles on and paying our mortgages and buying our groceries and taking our kids to, to camp or whatever that may be, if we're having to pull all that money out of a 401k or retirement account, we're paying full income taxes on every dollar of that. Well, what if we're in retirement and we want to go on a vacation or we want to buy a boat or we want to buy an RV? Because, you know, again, we've worked, we've retired, we've earned this. Well, now to get that extra money, we've got to take more money out of our 401k if that's our only savings. So that one decision could easily knock us up an entire tax bracket for that for that year. And again, that comes back to the goal of being balanced. So that way we control where our money comes from. And we control our taxes in retirement rather than the ball being in Uncle Sam's court. That's right. So the, the balance is you can apply balance to everything, really any aspect of your life. So not only do you apply balance in your diet and how you eat and how you live and exercise, but you also do that in your investment. So you don't want to you don't want to put too much in your deferred retirement account. So it's, let, uh, real quick, there's an old saying that um, I, from an old farmer client of mine that told me this years ago, and it goes to what you were just saying. The concept is, um, you know, if you're grow if you're growing um, like a like a crop. So he said, you know, do you want to pay taxes on the seed or do you want to pay taxes on the crop, right? And and that's the same way you have to think of it when you put money into a 401k or an IRA. That's right. I can pay my taxes today on the seed or I can defer it and pay taxes on the crop, which is the end product, that's which right. is going to be that larger amount. Yeah, it'll be a larger amount. That's right. So let I know we've talked around this. So let's let's list out the retirement plans, the type of vehicles that we can set up inside of a business. So mm-hmm. I know the business type the volume of the business, the ownership of the business has an effect on what would be recommended for the retirement plan. Right. And and to start out, you know, th- this is this is just should be very obvious, but I'm going to go ahead and say it just in case. Everything that we're about to talk about with these different types of plans that could be applicable to certain types of businesses, 
I don't know anything about anybody's business unless you come talk to me in person or we or you know you're a client of ours. So the information we're talking about is is not tax advice, it's not legal advice, it's not financial advice. Hell, don't even take this as cooking advice. But it's just simply some plans that are out there that we help clients with that we've seen and some of the details about how these can affect the businesses and those business owners. So for smaller businesses, and when I and when I say smaller, I mean single member LLCs, um, sole proprietorships. Maybe it's a a husband or you know a husband or a wife working together, or a wife and a husband helps out. Whatever that case may be, if it's really one person max their spouse in the business, some good options could be like a solo four hundred one k. If we're trying to find ways to defer money, a solo four hundred one k we can defer up to $19,500 in the year 2020 as an employee contribution. And then the business can match that of 25% of pass-through income for the LLC or 25% of salary for the S-corporation. And, you know, for a total contribution per person of up to $57,000. So that's a great way to reduce your income uh, if you're a you know sole proprietor or a single member LLC of having a solo 401k. And the reason I mentioned if your spouse is involved is even though it's called a solo 401k, if a spouse is also involved in the business, you can have a separate solo 401k for your spouse, and that can be up to another $57,000 if your income allows those contributions. The The reason I started with a solo 401k is, yes, solo 401ks are sometimes more expensive to set up and maintain than other plan options for sole proprietors and small businesses. But going back to that tax-deferred versus taxable versus tax-free, a solo 401k does allow a Roth option. And that's very important because and we'll talk about phase-outs either later this show or the next, but one... Um, drawback of saving to tax-free accounts like a Roth IRA is the IRS puts pretty strict or low limitations on our income levels to be able to contribute to those. So as an example, um, if I am, you know, well, my wife and I, so if we make more than a certain amount, you know, last year it was, I believe, $199,000. This year, the phase out is $206,000 for a married filing jointly couple. If you're adjusted gross income, your modified adjusted gross income is more than $206,000, you are completely phased out from putting money into a Roth IRA. Um, the, the IRS won't allow you to do it. And if you do try, you, you could be penalized for that. And so you have to find other areas and get a little bit more creative if you do want to try to save money tax-free. So a solo 401k or a Roth solo 401k is a great option for business owners looking to set aside some tax-free money. Um, the other option to that uh, would be like a SEP IRA. So back, so back uh, yeah, to go the, ahead, go ahead. Back to the solo four hundred one k. That is only for single member LLCs or a sole proprietor. Uh, well, it, it could be set up for I believe S corporations as well, but it can only be for one person max their spouse. So no more than one person, or if their spouse is working in the business as well. Okay, so if it's an S corp, then you have one basically one owner, one stockholder of that S corp. That's correct. Yes. Okay, so on to the, was SEP the next one? Yep, so SEP IRA is going to be another great plan. This is something we see a lot with, you know, uh, consulting businesses, um, maybe side LLCs of somebody has a a full-time job and they have a side LLC and they're looking to defer some money inside that LLC. The way, and the reason I talk about this one second is because a SEP, you just really need to understand how a SEP works. Well, you should understand how all these plans work, but a SEP I've seen some people make mistakes in and we have to go back and try to fix. And a lot of times with a SEP IRA, 
it is a great tool to defer income up to $57,000, so the same deferral limit as the solo 401k, except with the solo 401k, we also get a $6,500 catch-up if we're age 50 or older. So you can defer a little bit more in a 401k, solo 401k, than you can a SEP IRA. But with a SEP IRA, we can defer up to $57,000 or 25% of income through the business. So if it's an LLC of pass-through income, if it's an S-corporation, then it's salary for that uh, particular person that 25% of that amount up to $57,000. The reason that we've seen some uh, errors inside businesses with SEP is because a SEP stands for a self-employment pension. So a SEP IRA has to be matched. It is a non-discriminatory plan, much like a solo 401k, where the same exact percentage has to be match for every employee. So not every owner, every employee of the business. So if I've got, you know, an LLC and I own it hundred percent, but I've got three employees that I, you know, pay hourly or whatever, and I want to open up a SEP and put 25% of contrib- of the income into this SEP IRA, the money never comes to me. It goes straight from the business checking account to the SEP IRA. But if I've got employees in that LLC, I've got to make the same 25% contribution of their income or their payroll to their SEP IRAs. So that's just, you know, again, that needs to be something that people really understand is just because you may own 100% of the company doesn't mean that SEP contribution is all in your name. It, it is a non-discriminatory type plan and it has to go to all employees of that company. All right. So I think that's a, that's a good distinction to, to, to remember, and we'll, we'll do this in a summary format also, but we've got the solo 401k. Uh, that's for the benefit of a stockholder or a single member LLC. The SEP IRA, that can be used in not just, it's not limited to the type of organization, but when a SEP IRA is put in place, then the, then the contributions have to be matched, not just to the owners, but to all the employees of that entity that the that's SEP right. IRA is in. That's right. Okay, so those are so we've talked about a, a solo four hundred one k a SEP, and I guess if we're moving from simple up to the the more complex, <laughs> what would be the the next type of plan that we would look at? Yeah, and and there are other types of plans out there. These are more the common ones that we see. Uh, the next one in line would be a simple IRA, and simple stands for savings incentive match plan for employees, and a simple IRA is kind of a it's not really a step down from a 401k, but generally they are less expensive to set up and maintain. They have a little bit more flexibility um, to whereas it's not an actual plan. The employees have their own individual IRAs. However, there are some, there's no perfect plan. There's, and I want to be very clear about that. Nothing that we're talking about is better than another option. Everything has its pros and cons. There is no magic bullet in anything that we're talking about. And even going back to tax planning, that's why it's so important to utilize all of these uh, different planning strategies in these in these products or these vehicles as Charles said together instead of just using one that's why it's so important to understand how they all work or work with somebody or talk to somebody that does understand them so they can help guide you through this process but with a simple IRA it, they're they're a little bit simpler and the reason I say that is because they usually do require some type of matching or contribution from the employer. So it's not just a simple, the business puts money into the retirement plan for the benefit of the employees. There is actually an employee contribution with an employer contribution. All so right. So that, that's, that's got components. It's more like a 401k. Yeah. Right. That's got components of the 401k that's as well. And does the, 
how does the match work or how does the contribution work radically to all those participants? Yep. So with a simple IRA, there's a couple di- there's a couple different contribution structures um, that you can do, but the most common one would be that it's a 3% match to the plan. So if the employee puts in 3%, the employer puts in 3%. Um, but like I said, there, there's a couple different contribution uh, structures you can use. The main thing with that I, I want or I try to uh, make very distinct with a simple IRA that apparently is, or maybe it's lesser known, is the two-year kind of rollover, the two-year lock on that plan. And what I mean by that is if you have a simple IRA from the first time you make a, tr- a contribution to that plan, whether you're the employee or the employer, and let's say that you, in 2020, you own a business. In 2020, Charles wants to put a simple IRA in for the bean team. And then in 2021, he decides that he wants a little bit more robust structure, maybe some new planning opportunities. And so we decided to do a 401k instead. Well, that simple IRA has a really two-year lock from the moment that first contribution is made before that account can be rolled over. So even if an employee leaves that company or you want to go to a new 401k plan, a lot of times that simple IRA account has to be open and the money left in that simple IRA for at least two years before it can be rolled out of that plan. Interesting. So if I'm comparing the differences between a regular 401k and the simple, I know that's that's one difference right there, that the money's basically locked in for two years. That's right. What are some of the other differences between a simple IRA and a 401k? So two main ones. With a simple IRA, the contribution limits are lower. So with a simple IRA, an employee can put up to $13,500 in that account, to whereas a 401k, the contribution limit per employee is 19500 so a $6,000 difference there. The catch-up, if we're age 50 or older in a simple IRA, is $3,000, whereas a 401k is 6500 for the year 2020, so $6,500 for a 401k. So, and I'm not trying to jump around, I apologize if I am, but a simple IRA, if you're under 40 years old, you can put up to 13,500, I'm sorry, under 50. If you're over 50 years old, the most you can put into that plan is 13,500 plus your $3,000 catch up for a total of 16,500. So the difference between a simple IRA and a 401k are one, the contribution limits are a little bit lower. And then the second thing is they actually have a higher fee for accessing your money or what they call an early access to your retirement money. So with most tax-deferred plans like a 401k, an IRA, um, you know, any type of 403b if you're with a nonprofit or a school or something of that nature, then that age of 59 and a half, which you, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of, we generally pay a 10% penalty if we try to get to our retirement funds before we're 59 and a half or older. There are some exclusions like taking a loan from your 401k or with what Charles mentioned a minute ago, this 2019 Secure Act, this Tax Reform Act that just went through at the last bit of December, has kind of put a complete overhaul on a lot of the tax planning strategies we were using because it completely changed uh, required minimum distributions for retirees. It completely changed, um, you know, A, when they have to be taken. Instead of 70 and a half, it's now 72 years old. And also the inherited IRA distribution structure of lifetime distributions versus a 10-year cap. But we'll come back to that either later on or another show. But how that applies to the simple IRA is if I try to get to my retirement money before the age of 59 and a half, 
I don't pay the normal 10% penalty. I actually pay a higher 25% penalty to get down my own money. So again, nothing's perfect here, but the drawbacks of that would be from the time I start it, my money's locked up in that account for essentially two years before I can roll it out. And if I try to get to it before age 59 and a half, then I'm going to pay a 25% penalty on what I withdraw plus income tax. So that's income tax because I've never paid taxes on that money plus a 25% penalty. So now I'm not saying a simple IRA is a bad tool because they're inexpensive and they're a great feature for business owners, right. but we just need to understand them. Right. So the Again, the differences between the simple IRA and the 401k is when the money's locked up, there's a there's a higher penalty to pull to get the money mm-hmm. before 59 and a half, 25 percent versus 10 percent. And however, they're cheaper to administer. Yep. Uh, usually, <laughs> usually, <laughs> are your investment options any different between the two? Uh, 401ks, depending on how they're structured, and, and that's going to be the next thing we cover. And a 401k is really a um, kind of its own animal because you can a 401k has a lot of different features and structures and you know safe harbor provisions um, and and different protections that you can include in that so you can have a 401k with a you know a lot of options as far as um, kind of what they call an open structure or you can limit it down to like a a list of 30 funds Um, and different things come with that because it puts fiduciary responsibility on the business owner versus back on the company depending on how it's structured absolutely can you can you do loans on the simple IRA um that's a great question I don't know the answer to that I do not believe so because it's individually owned it's not a plan but I don't know I don't know the answer to that so if we're comparing just kind of broad broad strokes here the simple IRA versus the 401k the 401k has a lot more investment options it has a lot more uh, ability for uh, there to be protection in place for the company and for the employee in a 401k versus a simple well they can have the same investment options. So I said a 401k can have as many or limited depending on the fiduciary responsibility and the structure of that. A simple IRA can have as many uh, really or limited because it's an employee account. So the employee can really choose how they want to allocate that. It's just like a normal IRA. They can allocate it really however they want. But as the decision process, the company sets up the plan and the investment options in a 401k, the individual does it in a simple. You're correct. That's, that's right. Yep. Okay. Yep. So I guess the complexity or the, the flexibility of the options are like beauty. It's in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> that's right. Well, and, and with a 401k, you know, there are a lot more options, but there's also a lot more decisions to be made True. for a 401k. Now, with a 401k, it does, you know, like I said, it does have multiple features. The number one thing that we run into with small business owners, because there's really two reasons that somebody wants to start a retirement plan in their business. One we've already talked about, people want to pay less in taxes. The other way in which is just as important for business owners is we want to attract, retain, and reward good employees, good good help. So we want to offer benefits to try to surround ourselves and recruit a good team and then we want to incentivize them to stay you know we want to keep that good team around us and that's the really the the point of having benefits and offering these to employees so when we take it one step further than tax planning and trying to save on taxes and defer taxes that next step is very important and the reason that i bring that up is because with business owners there's something inside a 401k called really they do they do what's called top heavy testing and what the IRS doesn't want us to see, or really ERISA, it's an ERISA plan, 
And that means that, again, it can't, it's non-discriminatory. You can't offer it to a few employees and not to other employees or only to owners and to, not to non-owners. It has to be offered to everybody or at least full-time employees. So, But the way a 401k works is ERISA and the IRS don't want to see that it's really the owners or key employees using it for their benefit to defer their taxes. So what a top-heavy test means, and this is something that um, unless you're a, unless you have a safe harbor revision, which we'll come back to, the, the IRS is going to go in every year, and they don't want to see that key employees or the owners of the company own sixty percent or more of the total assets inside that plan. And if they do, that's called a top-heavy plan. That has to be fixed that plan year. The way that's fixed is either the top heavy so the owners or key employees have to take out their contribution to make it back level so that they don't own more than 60% or they have to do a contribution like a profit sharing contribution to the non-owners to bring them up so that it's no longer top heavy. Yeah, that is uh there is a way to avoid that if you do the um the safe harbor. So That's right. You, so if you implement a safe harbor then that protects the the plan you don't have to go through that testing. Uh, basically, it it makes sure that the employees and those key employees are on a level playing ground as far as allocation of the current year uh, profits or the current year contributions into the plan. And then the owners can max that thing out and not worry about a thing. Exactly. I'm a strong proponent of doing the <laughs> safe harbor. Makes life a lot simpler. So, uh, Taylor, quickly, in summary, we've talked about the Solo 401k the SEP IRA, the SIMP I, simple IRA, and a 401k. We talked about some of the benefits and mm-hmm. some of the disadvantages of each. Bottom line is let's make more money so we can retire better so that we defer the taxes we should. We live a balanced life. We live a life that is balanced on our investment and our retirement planning as well. You have been listening to Business Matters. I'm Charles Musgrove, your host with Bean Team. Taylor Hodges, thank you so much with Southern Capital. Absolutely, brother. My pleasure. We look forward to having you on another show. Thank you out there for listening. Join in every Sunday morning at 1130 right here on Real Talk 93.3. I am Charles Musgrove. Have a great day, a blessed week, and see you next week. Peace. The Business Matters Talk Show with Charles Musgrove is sponsored by The Bean Team. For all your business accounting and tax preparation needs, visit beanteam.com or call 893-7710. You can listen to more episodes of Business Matters on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or visit beanteam.com. Cool. That went by fast, guys. That went by so much faster than I thought it was. I know it. All right.